Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown. You know, my mission for this podcast, my business, and even my life is to help my LGBTQ plus family turn their hurting into healing and their healing into happiness. Through this podcast, I try to do that in a couple of ways. On Wednesdays, I produce what I call table talks. That's either solo episodes or me bringing in fabulous guests to talk about all types of subjects related to the community. On Friday, well, those are solo episodes, and I call those Bible talks. That's just yours truly, sitting down with a bit of scripture, interpreting it as accurately as I possibly can, and then sharing some practical application for life. Now, two disclaimers, if I may, please. Number one, I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. If you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Disclaimer number two. The views expressed on this podcast are either those of myself or my guests, and they should be considered as such. So, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I am so glad that you have chosen to join me on this Friday Bible Talks episode. We are continuing our study in the Gospel of Matthew, and today we're going to look at a parable that Jesus teaches to his disciples. It's Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible where we find these words. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, You too go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said, to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, You too go into the vineyard. And when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group in the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, and they also received each one a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. 
Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. But I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is it your eye, envious, because I am generous? Thus the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Okay, it's an interesting story, right? I mean, we've got these uh, these laborers, and they are standing by in the market square, and this landowner, the story goes, goes out and hires them. And it's interesting because he hires some at the beginning of the day, and of course, those are going to go out there in the heat. They're going to work all day. They agree to their pay, and then he starts hiring people throughout the day. One of the things I find interesting here is that those those laborers were actually willing to work. It wasn't like they were standing around not wanting to wait because once they were offered the opportunity, the story says that they immediately went and walked, which is saying to me that there was a receptivity there. And when we look at this whole big picture, we understand, and, and I think if we look at it from a human perspective, we might also understand those that went early. Oh, excuse me. I had a sneeze there. <laughs> Those that went early in the in the morning and did most of the work, you could see how they would go like, you know, is it really fair? And we often talk about what is fair and what is not fair. And all of us want to be treated fair, don't we? But the Jesus says that the landowner in the story made an agreement with them and he kept his bargain. He kept his agreement. And what argument do they have that he wants to share the same with someone else? It's not like he's taking away from them what they what they earned, what he promised, but he's simply giving something to else, to them. And I think if you look at this whole story and you look at the scenario and you look at the context in which it's being shared, there is the desire to get this across to those Jewish leaders, meaning that they had been part of this Jewish tradition. They had received the Old Testament prophecies. They had been told the the oral stories of how the people of Israel were rescued and God provided and they were the chosen and how the Messiah would be provided through their lineage and all this stuff that they had from the beginning of the story passed down through Israelite stories. And he's sort of saying, you know, you've had this, you've had all this blessing. And now if someone else comes along, and I want to be generous to them and give to them, then you're going to find fault in that. And you can imagine the Jewish leaders at that time going, whoa, uh, he's teaching blasphemy. He's, he's not teaching truth, and he is so against us. Because everything Jesus said and did, they took personally. And truthfully, there were many times, I think, in Jesus' teaching when it kind of was personal. He was teaching them a lesson. Now, I have grown up in the evangelical church. I have served in the evangelical church, and I have heard this text preached on and taught many times. And what I often hear it in reference to are those people who have been raised in the church, those people who had parents who made sure that they were in the church every time the doors were open, those people who were raised knowing that Sunday school was just a part of their Sunday morning, those people that knew that they were going to be in Bible study on Wednesday nights or you know whatever the case may be, these people that knew anything the church was doing, they were there. 
And so they lived this life and they were part of the church and they served the church and they worked in the church. And then these other people come along and late in life or later, and they haven't done a whole lot of work and people are celebrating their entrance into the fellowship. You know, someone comes in off the street and joins the church. And the next thing you know, everybody's just having a, a wonderful party about their joining the fellowship. And sometimes those people who have been there for years and years and years working and earnestly doing the work can sometimes feel a little jealous about that. And so I've heard it preached many times that we need to be so open, so ready for other people to come in that it doesn't matter in what degree of their history of life they are in. We are just glad that they are part of the church and although I think that uh, is a, a lovely statement, and I think it's a beautiful teaching, um, and I think that we need to be hearing and loving and receptive to people who want to come in and be part of the church, I sort of, at this point in my life and what I've experienced and what I've seen my clients experience and other people I've worked with over the years, especially those within the LGBTQ plus community, there seems to be a sense of how dare them claim what I have? How dare them claim the faith that I possess? How dare them claim that they are part of the church when they haven't been doing all these things and crossing their T's and dotting their I's like I have? I mean, after all, if they are not willing to denounce their sexuality, their identity, if they're not willing to walk away from that, then why should they inherit the same thing as me? It's jealousy when you get down to it. And you know what I think drives that jealousy? That opinionation, that opinion, that, that, uh, that harmful wording? I think sometimes it's driven by those people who are so unhappy in their own walk, they are jealous of those who are at peace. Those who have found peace with who they are, those who have found peace in believing there is a God of grace and love, and there is a God who loves them and is not there to beat them over the head at every turn. Because let's be honest, that's the way a lot of people live their Christian faith. They are on the edge, worried day in and day out, moment by moment. They, they are angering. They are disappointing an angry and wrathful God. And when people come along and say, you know, God created me as I am. God loves me as I am. God loves me and my identity. God loves me and I can love God. And I don't have to be beaten down by it. Because after all, the love that I have for God and the love that God has for me should be uplifting. It should be encouraging. It should be not be something that is a drudgery. It should not be something that I struggle so much with. And then I see people often within the church that look at those who have a sense of a grace-centered life and a belief that God is love and that God can love us and accept us and encourage us and bless us despite and because of who we are. Sometimes they don't like it. And the reason is because they have been fitting in the box for most of their lives. <laughs> And they don't like someone else coming 
and getting what they believe is theirs and living outside of that box. It's sad, but it's true, and it's a reality of life today. But I think if there's an encouragement for us, it is to be people, and, and this is the flip side of this, by the way. Those of us who do believe in a God of love and grace and, and acceptance, that may mean that we have to be a little bit more grace-centered toward others. And I, I know this is hard, especially when we're going through traumatic experiences. I know it's hard when we've been hurt. I know it's, it's, been, it's hard when we have been so spiritually abused by the church. I, I get all that. But sometimes I think that we want from others sometimes things that we're not willing to give back. Now, I'm not saying we condone their statements. I'm not saying we condone their beliefs at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying we condone any of that negativity. But I do believe that somewhere within us, there has to be a spirit of love. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when that's difficult for me, and I'm sure it's difficult for you. And this is not to down or berate anyone who is struggling right now. Because if you're truly struggling and you're deep in trauma, I realize that this this is a pie in the sky kind of thing. Because right now you don't even have the ability. I get all that. But as we are healing and we are getting better and we are falling more in love with God, then sometimes we have to be willing to love as well. Because many times we talk about what we want, what we want people to give us, what we want people to, how we want people to make us feel. You know, it, it becomes very myopic. But sometimes we have to look beyond ourselves. And again, I, I know it's hard. I know it is. Because there have been many times when I've struggled with that, briefly. Jealousy is a ugly thing, isn't it? It has a way of harming relationships. It has a hard a, a way of a feeling separate. And Jesus said, all the good things that this landowner wanted to give, the things that were rightly his to give, he wanted to give the way that he wanted to give. And so we should be people who love others and care for others. So let I, I want to take this one step further in a practical form, if I can. This is the one thing that I, I try to, when I read this scripture and I, I've studied it, and you know, you can go in a variety of ways because I've heard it spoken in many, many times, different ways. But for me personally, the practical for this lesson is this. Am I willing to celebrate and appreciate the good things that come to others? 
when God does things for other people, when God shows up in their life, when God provides for them, when God does things for other people, and maybe even in my moment, I'm struggling. Maybe they're getting something that I have not gotten. Maybe they're receiving a blessing from God that I want so badly, but I have yet to receive. Am I in that moment? Keith, are you in that moment willing to be thankful for them and their blessings? Well, in my life, not always, but it is, it's something that I want to do better. Because the more joy that I have in another person's success, I think the more that I will be blessed in turn. What do you think? Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye, my friend. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.